Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Jacob Tanswell, Aston Villa writer for The Athletic. How are you, mate? Doing really well. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me back on. I, I really enjoyed last time. And yeah, as I said to you before, we went went live. It's been a few days since I, since I last spoke or, or covered Villa. So yeah, always good to have a little refresher during the international break. Yeah, I, I had a little bit of a play on a title of one of our videos a couple of days ago saying uh, why Aston Villa are in a title race. And I, I was kind of just messing around, but there's a graphic going around now that Aston Villa have a 0.01% chance of winning the Premier League. Jacob, are you telling me that there's a chance? I think the chance is bigger than that, surely. Like, <laughs> this, what are you saying, really? Yes, there's five teams that could win it, and Villa are one of them. You know, I'm not, I would have given 20% chance, but surely a bit more than that. It's uh, especially with someone like Emery, um, you know, a guy that a guy that's a specialist in, in winning silverware, I guess. So, um, uh, yeah, I think it's a there's certainly a chance, however unlikely it might be. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So what we're going to do is, like last time, we sort of broke it down into what we've just seen to what was about to to come in the fixtures ahead. So we've played six games. We've won five. Uh, we beat West Ham in the league, Alkmaar in the Conference League, Luton, lost to Forest, beat Alkmaar and beat Fulham. So, you know, that was a an, another good return, especially in the Premier League, nine points out of a possible 12 which is probably, that's why we're in that little title race chat. But what, what have you made of those? Because there was some, you know, impressive wins in that fixture list. Yeah, I'm really impressed. I think we spoke about, you know, Villa had a favourable set of fixtures coming up. And what I, I really liked is, you know, you could say, apart from Forest, um, they did what they're supposed to do. You know, they did what a top team who wants to compete uh, for the European places do. And they, they win comfortably, efficiently against the teams, you know, in the you know, middle half of the table towards the bottom and, and they do it, you know, well and they manage the European schedule well. So although I'm, I'm not sure they've been at their best necessarily, like you saw in the previous international break, you know, against you know Brighton, for example, I think they've just been efficient. They've managed games. They've played in pockets, I guess, you know, first half uh, on Sunday, you know, then they take the fourth pedal in the second half. I think they've been just really efficient and over a course of a you know, 38 game season, but then with cup competitions thrown in, I think that's what you've got to do. You can't peak too soon because you know toward you already struggled in the in the you know autumn months and and in the winter months as well. So yeah, really impressive. They've done what they're supposed to do, and yeah, they're still in the hunt, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. But there is one small little little minor thing that a gripe I would say about you know what we're doing. It, it's the away form, isn't it? You know that that loss in there was against Forest. You know, every game in the Premier League difficult. We're not Villa aren't expected to be every game that we play. You know, I think every Villa fan knows that. But, but what what do you think the solution is to this away form and and, and just getting it right? Because we can see a bit of a difference between home performances and away performances. And I know there's sort of some fans are a little bit annoyed about this clean sheet that we're not keeping and we we conceding a few goals, but. You know, I look at some of the goals that we conceded against West Ham. It was, you know, a bit of a, a lucky goal, wasn't it, from Bowen? You'd got Forest goals on another day. Martinez doesn't yeah. concede some of those. So what do you make of the away form and, and how do you think Villa can adapt going into, you know, some tough games we've got coming up? I think one 
positive thing for for Villa. You know, they've got Spurs. You know, away next. I, I do think now it will probably suit them playing their bigger teams away from home because then they're going to have more space on transition. And you see how deadly they are in the second half of games at home because the other team are pushing up high and you know Diaby, Watkins, McGinn, Bailey are so so good on the counter. And I do think you probably get that. You look at Spurs' high line. I think they're the, one of the only teams that could rival Villa's in terms of that their back lines how high they are. Um, so I think it probably will suit them. But when you go to teams like Forest or Wolves, like we saw before the international break last time, they are going to sit a little bit deeper and they're going to try and counter you. I think you know, for a team like Villa that want to coax the opposition press uh, forwards out and try and play through them, they might have to mix it up a little bit. They might have to go more direct straight away. They might have to, as soon as they win the ball, they might have to go even quicker forward. And although you might lose that control that Emery wants, I think it's probably more important in... in causing more of the threat regularly away from home but like you say they you know Villa don't keep many clean sheets and I think partly that's because of that way they defend when they do uh, give away high uh, chances they're usually high quality so Eric Martinez can't do much but also it's been compounded by the luck you know you said about Jaron Bowen's goal you know the Luton's goal as well which is a freak you know concept mm. goal. that was a clean sheet every day of the week really um so you know I do think that the the numbers do belie actual, you know, how good Villa have been really in, in defence. But they've also got to stop conceding immediately after half time. I think you know, when they concede, it's, it just compounds the issue. And when a, a team like Villa are trying to break another team down, the other team's going to have so much encouragement because, you know, they've got a goal. And they've got a goal and they, they've got someone to defend, I guess. Yeah, the, you are right about that after half time. It's just that little lapsing concentration, maybe. or... I think we've just got to make sure we stop doing that as well. So Spurs are up next then, and their form sort of dipped off a little bit, two losses in a row. Villa need to perform to a a big level away from home. Um, so, you know, how do you see that game going? Because it's going to be so interesting. There's a lot of players out for Spurs, Madison, Van der Ven. Romero, Richarlison, uh, Basuma's missing with a suspension. So they are heavily depleted. Mm. What type of game do you think it's going to be? I think it'll be more competitive than, or hopefully more competitive than when Villa have gone away to the perceived top seven, uh, you know, Newcastle, Liverpool. I think that's the thing that Emery has kept talking about, kept talking about recently. You know, wait for us to play one of those teams. Let's see how we get on. Let's see if we are at that level. I think it's a fantastic test. I you know, I think the, the unavailability of Romero and Van der Ven is huge for for, for Villa um, because you're going to have probably have to have Eric Dyer and Ben Davis in there. They struggled the other day, as you saw. You know, way Postecoglou. He's not going to change the way to defend, being nice and aggressive. But those two centre backs, you know, they're not really centre backs. Are, are slow, not very good one v one, and you just think, you know, what well, Villa are going to have a good opportunity here to exploit the space on transition. And yeah, I do think it's going to be a real competitive game. Uh, and it should stylistically suit Villa, but you just know the quality of going the other way. And you think, you know, Son, I remember I watched the, uh, the game at home in April, and I think Villa caught Son offside four or five times. It's ridiculous. Mm. The second half, Son could time it. But you just think that threat's always going to be there throughout the game, so it could be edgy seat stuff for the whole duration. <laughs> Yeah, big game, big game. But they're in the month of December. There are some 
very big games. And, you know, especially in English football, this is sort of the month, isn't it? This is the big month where it tests everybody. I remember watching um, Pep's documentary on Amazon and and he was massive on December. He was, you know, showed you how grueling the schedule was. Games thick and fast. And, you know, it is the same for every team, but this is Villa's running and I'll get your thoughts on it then. So we've got Bournemouth on the 3rd of December, City at home on the 6th, Arsenal at home on the 9th, Zerinsky away 14th, Brentford away 17th, Sheffield United at home 22nd, Manchester United away 26th, Burnley at home on the 30th, four home, four away. So, I mean, we're all eyeing the two big ones, aren't we? Because the next home game for Villa is City. And, yeah. you know, we know what the, we know what the run's saying, etc. Followed by Arsenal. What would be a good month for Villa coming out of that? If you could imagine a month which you'd say would be good, what would it look like? Honestly, I, I really don't think Villa have to, you know, I think it'd be a great statement if they beat uh, Man City or, or, or Arsenal. But I just feel like, actually, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, for example, if you look too far ahead, Bournemouth away is, is a banana skin. They can turn out over anybody, especially if they've picked up a little bit of form. I think that you know they're getting better at home as well. So you just got to focus on those get type of games where you know naturally before the season you'd, you'd hope Villa could win. So I think just focus on them, and then if Villa can get something out of either of those two games, but also show that they, they deserve to be, be at that level, I think that's that'd be massive. But that Emery's always talked about, especially in cup competition, they always say, "Why do you rotate?" And the reason why he rotates is to get these players that are on the periphery ready for December to go straight into the team. So you might see Den Donker go in. You might see, you know, Diego Carlos go in, uh, Longley. These other players, they have to be ready to perform. So, it, you know, with that many games in, in December, these players have to come in and they've got to be ready. So with all that taken into account, just being as consistent as they are now, but maybe picking up something, you know, against Man City or Arsenal, but making sure you don't lose the games like Bournemouth or Brentford, I mm. think that would be a really good month. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. I I just think now, you know, without looking too far ahead, you, you look at the next Villa home game, you know, that's going to be a massive game because City have got Liverpool and Spurs before they play Villa. And it kind of, I feel like it's going to feel like we've really got something to defend in that game. You know, we, we know it's going to be a difficult game anyway, but we've got that added incentive for that game. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how we perform in that game. So, you know, who's the one player at the minute that when you watch Villa that, that you really think, yeah, I, I really rate him? You know, who's the player that, that you look at and think is is one of, well, who's your favourite player, basically? Do you know what I got asked that question yesterday? We, um, we had to write a piece on The Athletic that came out today, so on who's playing the season so far. And I probably had narrowed it down to five, maybe. And I, th- I was looking at John McGinn, you know, obviously Watkins, uh, uh, Ezri Konsa. Um, I, I think Douglas Luiz for me is the guy that I just look at. You've got absolutely everything. You, you can score goals, you can defend, you've got the energy and mobility, the athleticism, uh, just everything. I think without him, yeah, yes, okay, Yuri Tillemans has been much better in recent times, but no, no one can do what Douglas Luiz can. Um, he's so important to the way they play. And if you can manage him right in the, over the next month and hope, keep him on the pitch as long as you can, you know, Villa win games. You saw that when he came on the other day in the conference league, just didn't really made about three passes, but one of them was for the winner. He's just so, so important. But 
I think I'm just, I also really enjoy Esri Contour. I think his recovery pace and how he always looks like he could be beaten. Someone's just got in behind him and he just somehow stretches up his legs to clear or, or whatever. And he never gives like a foul away, never gives a last, you know, last man foul. I think he, I think he's phenomenal and rightly deserving of his England call up too. Yeah, and I think that's a testament to how well Villa are doing as well. Now, sort of some of the Villa players that weren't internationals are now starting to become internationals, which, you know, if you've got a team full of those, then you're doing something right. I think, you know, Luis, his last international call, I think it was in COVID and he's rocked up in Brazil with his like Villa mask on. And yeah, so it's been a long time for Luis. So it's great to see him in there, you know, you know, I mean... What a nation to to be an international player for, <laughs> you know. They don't they don't have bad players, do they? So that's great. Consa, you know, and there's only really two now that aren't sort of playing, and that's Luca Dean and and Diaby. So, mm. you know, I think I do think this December period will be the making of Diaby at Villa. I've just got a funny feeling that that's going to be, you know, the, the, the moment that he sort of announces himself on the on the Premier League stage. So, I mean, you get to see a bit of Unai. What's he like as a person then? Because when uh, we do um, press conference episodes and I get, the, I get the vibe, he wants to just be in and out of there in five minutes. He don't want to stick around. So what's he like? Do you know what? Actually, Unai, he likes, he likes to... Well, be on his own clock, I guess. Sometimes he's a little bit late to press conferences. Sometimes if someone's, you know, players in before him for Europe, uh, he might be went outside and everything gets a bit hurried up. You don't want to keep him around too long. But actually, in press conferences, you know, there's obviously two sections. The one's the broadcast, where, you know, which you guys see with the cameras. And then after 15 minutes of that, they turn the cameras off. The written press go towards the front of the row um, and you speak to him. And, you know, Although there might be time constraints and other people wanting to make hurry up a little bit, he always answers every question fully. And that's what I really like. I think sometimes with managers, you can kind of guess when you want to go. They might just answer you know, shortly, one or two sentences, but he always goes into real detail. And for a guy that doesn't, you know, English isn't his first language, to, to want to speak as much as he does and to give as much information, um, I think it's really plausible. And yeah, of course, he'd probably, you know, like every other manager, would rather be. You know, uh, doing something else around the training ground um but he really gets it full attention and um he's a very uh meticulous guy very very polite um and you know he, you can just tell he's a veteran at these press conferences he's he's been doing press conferences in champions league games after after psg defeat so you can only imagine the difference in pressure yeah. and scrutiny to compare <laughs> at bodymore yeah, and uh, what you know, team that you used to report on Southampton that they've picked up. So you know, you must be pleased to see Southampton sort of climbing the table, and that they're, they're right up there now, aren't they? Southampton, you know, right behind Leeds. And, and I saw this stat the other day as well about the actual like the Premier League and like the three teams that sort of survived last season are in front of the three teams that got promoted. And now you've sort of got the three teams in the Championship apart from Ipswich that are like right up there so that's a bit yeah. of a weird pattern at the minute isn't it it is you just but you you look at probably Leeds Leicester and Slavs and you think they're three quite big clubs of the championship they've got a lot of resources they can come back straight up back up but you look at Slavs you think they lost four in a, in a row <laughs> and they're still quite up there so it just shows you the championship just this complete fluctuating league um but yeah it's, it's looking good but you know, I think Leeds and Leicester just look really good. Obviously, Leicester have lost a few, but they've got such a dominant squad. And you probably actually say, if you look at the three teams in the championship that went down to the three that went up, you could probably say the ones in the championship got better squads right now. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, but I, I hope it doesn't become just a, you know, 23 teams just changing. I, I like to see the likes of Ipswich or, or like a Luton as they did uh, come up every now and then. Yeah. And finally, how are you finding Birmingham? What's, uh, how, how are you actually finding it? Absolutely great. I, I live in, you know, Sutton Coalfields. There's a, there's a train, a couple of train stations near me. Just hop on the train, go into Aston or Birmingham New Street. It's, you know, for a couple of quid, it's, it's lovely. It's, um, I really enjoy it. A lot of coffee shops, a lot of places to meet people. Uh, really, really enjoy it. And, you know, uh, for me, I've settled in, you know, really well here and I hope to be here for, for a long time. Have you been to the German market yet? Do you know what? I got told about that by um, John Terry the other day and I said, I'm going to check this out this week. So, yeah, I will look forward to it. Is it is it uh, renowned, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. People travel from, yeah, a bit like the Songas, far and near. <laughs> it's good, to be fair. I'll just check um, it out. Yeah, definitely. Cool, right. So it's been it's been great to have you on again. Great, great insight from you. And um, probably sort of try and get you on in January then. We'll see how December goes and... Hopefully that percentage of the league is sort of a little bit higher and uh, we, we're still doing absolutely amazing. So thanks for coming on, mate. Absolutely no problem. My pleasure.